you don't realize how little you actually make as a teacher until you start making more money and you're like, how did I live? I was making with a master's degree and I had five years of experience under my belt. I was making $2,500 a month. And now like one of my clients pays me, pays me that. Hey guys, welcome back to the First Hustle Then Brunch podcast. I'm your host, Jazzy, and today I have a really cool story for you. Rachel Gibbs was a secondary education teacher who taught home ec for six years. Last December, she left her career in education to work for herself as a virtual assistant. Although she had no prior business experience, she quickly built a successful VA business. Now she educates other teachers on the importance of self-care when they're feeling burnt out, anxious, and undervalued in their field, expressing that it's okay to walk away from a field that so many people feel guilty leaving. Rachel's story is a reminder that with determination, you can achieve anything you put your mind to. Regardless of what you do for work or your current circumstances, I hope this episode inspires you to take that leap of faith if you feel called to try something new. Hey, Rachel. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Yeah. So glad to have you here. Yeah. So to get started, do you want to tell everyone a little bit about yourself, how you got started in teaching and a little bit about your career journey? Yes, absolutely. So um, like I like I said, my name is Rachel Gibbs. Um, I started teaching back in 2017. Um, and when I started teaching, I was teaching high school. So I actually was teaching high school for four years. And then I taught middle school for a year and a half. Um, I graduated from Western Michigan University in 2017, applied to a bunch of different jobs um, up in the north. And then I was looking at a job down here in South Carolina Mm-hmm. Saw it super close to the city since I grew up in like a very small town. And then I was like, you know what? If I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it now. Um, so I packed up my stuff and I moved down to the Charlotte area um, just without knowing anyone. And then I took a job <laughs> in South Carolina. And um, yeah, I actually just left teaching in December after five and a half years. So, um, definitely a whirlwind, definitely a journey, but, um, yeah, now I'm here, left teaching and started my own virtual assistant business, as you know. Um, and I'm just like a huge advocate of trying to help teachers kind of understand where they're at and their mental health when they're teaching and letting them know, you know, it's okay if they want to leave the education field earlier than they thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So I guess along those lines, what was your experience like as a teacher? You know, you just yeah. mentioned mental health, like what led you to leaving? Yeah. Oh gosh. That is like a super big question. There's so much <laughs> that goes into it, but, um, yeah. So I, I mean, I want to address the fact that like teaching was my dream for ever. Um, like I remember my mom got me an overhead projector for a Christmas gift when that's I was so a cute. kid. <laughs> oh my gosh. And that's what we did like when we when I would hang out with my friends is we would like I would be the teacher, you would be the student and like I was practicing my yeah. like whole life I felt like. And um you know even when I went into high school, I like, I knew I wanted to be a teacher. Um I had a teacher actually that would be like, Rachel, don't do it. Do not do it. Like you are more than that. But I mean, it was my dream and I'm actually 
really happy that I did go into teaching and, mm-hmm. and I, I loved most of my teaching experience. Um, but yeah, it definitely, you know, teaching, I think a lot of people don't realize the, the mental and physical strain that it takes on teachers. Um, so just to answer your question kind of in like the simplest way possible is I think teaching just kind of got to a point where I was risking my own mental health to make sure that my students were having a really good experience in my class. Um, Mm -hmm. And when it came to that point, I started to realize uh, my, my body wasn't reacting well to that. I started to have panic attacks every day at school. Um, And, you know, I would come home literally every day and I would get home later um, because I taught home ec. And so there was a lot of setup, grocery shopping, and I would get home and I would just be so tired. Like I wouldn't go out to dinner with any of my friends. I'm not going to go hang out with anyone. I didn't even like want to talk to my husband. Like I just wanted to be left alone. Mm -hmm. And then it started to trickle into my weekends. Like I just wanted to rest every single weekend. I didn't want to travel. I didn't, like I said, I didn't want to hang out with anyone. Like I, my whole identity and everything that I was doing was based around teaching. So I just really started to see my identity like slip out of my hands. And that's when I realized like, this is really not healthy. Like for someone in their twenties, you know, I had, I have no kids and I was, I had just gotten married and you know, I'm like, this is not what life should be. This is not Mm -hmm. how I should feel every single day. Um, so yeah, that's just kind of like the surface level of it, of when I started to realize I, I think that my next step is to leave teaching. Yeah. And I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that too. Oh yeah. Yeah. I actually, um, like my platform on TikTok and on Instagram now is like, is teachers that do want to leave and are scared to do so because the thing about education is when you major in education, like that is, that's what your degree is in. And so it feels like that is your only option Mm. when you, you know, are choosing your career. And then after that, it's like, what else do I do? And there are so many teachers out there that do feel burnt out and do feel just like exhausted, tired, like not where they should be. Um, but they don't know what to do next and they're scared of leaving the classroom. So Mm -hmm. it, I mean, there are so many people that, I've learned feel this same exact way. Um, and that's just kind of what I've made my mission now is to like, let people know it's okay. Um, Mm -hmm. I was in your shoes and so many other people are in your shoes. And you know, if you need to walk away, it's okay to walk away. Yeah. I love that. So how did you discover the world of virtual assistants? Like where did that come from? Yeah. So, so kind of going back to around this time last year, like before school was starting, I was so anxious to go back and I actually started looking for different jobs and I signed up for like this one course about like teachers wanting to go into corporate. And so Mm -hmm. I thought like, okay, maybe I'll take this course and start, um, you know, go, go back to school start in this. And by the time next year, like maybe I'll get a job in corporate. As I started looking into that, I'm like, oh my God, I would hate working in corporate. (laughs) Like I just felt like like that's a 
like the complete opposite. It (laughs) is so difficult. So like, I just, I was looking at these options and I'm just like, I don't even want to teach other adults, like how to be in this new position. Like I just, Mm -hmm. I, I, it just didn't feel like me. Um, so like, but that's how far it went back of me trying to look for something else. Like I knew going into that sixth year of teaching that that was going to be my last year, Mm -hmm. but I just could not find anything that stuck. And I was like, kind of panicking in a sense of like, I don't know what else I would do, which I was just talking about. So many teachers feel that way. And then I came across, um, a TikTok of a girl that was saying how she went from teacher to virtual assistant. And I just right there, like something lit up in me where I was like, this is going to be for me. Like, I know that I can be a virtual assistant. And she just started talking more about it. And I, that night I literally dove into it and I did not expect it, but I ended up like launching my business. And within just a few weeks I had clients and I ended up leaving teaching mid-year. So I told my principal in November that I was going to leave teaching in December, which is like very unheard of in the teaching world because yeah, I was wondering when you mentioned December, I was like, Maybe they don't have home ec like no, (laughs) no, like it. My classroom remained empty for the spring semester, which I felt terrible about because they they had people that they could have brought in to replace me, but they didn't want just to bring in anyone. So they left my classroom empty. So all these kids that had me that spring semester, like just weren't taking my class, and they had to be trickled into other um, other extracurricular classes. And so Mm -hmm. I, um, felt terrible because I'm like, okay, this is, you know, kids losing an opportunity to take my class. And I was kind of in a sense, screwing over my colleagues because now they're getting more students. But at the end of the day, I'm like, this will be okay. Like Mm -hmm. my students will be okay. My colleagues will be okay. Like they, I can guarantee that they will not look back at that semester and be like, oh my God, that was the worst thing that ever happened to me because Rachel and it was left. Rachel's fault. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. I'm and like, and I'm sure yeah. some of my colleagues did feel that way. Like when they like felt overwhelmed, they wanted to blame someone. Um, and, but at the end of the day, our school is pretty small. And so their class size was still 25 or under. And so it mm-hmm. was like, I felt okay walking away because I knew it was all going to be okay. Like, yeah. Yeah. And so when I started my virtual assistant business and I decided to leave teaching, I, I just knew I was like, I either have to give teaching a hundred percent, like I do every day, every year, or I have to give virtual assistants a hundred percent. Cause I didn't want to go 50, 50 on either. Mm-hmm. So, um, that's when I knew I'm like, you know what? I'm going to take a chance. I'm going to do this for myself. Um, if it's not now, I feel like it will be never. And so I ended up leaving and fully just jumping into virtual assistance. And I'm so glad I did. It's been like <laughs> the best thing ever. That's awesome. So you said you got your first clients within a few weeks. How did you come up with the services that you offered? And how did you find those first few clients? Yeah. So, okay. So services that I offered... A lot of people, and I'm building my own course of how to become a virtual assistant, and this is the opposite of what a lot of people say. A lot of people say niche down right away, like find your niche and go with it. I 
think the opposite. I think that you should find like a few need a few services that you want to offer. I suggest like anywhere from five to 10 services that you feel like you could be really good at. You want to learn more about, um, or like that you're already familiar with and offer those services. And then once you have built your company and start working in those services, then you can figure out what you like, what you enjoy, what you feel really confident at, and then you can Mm -hmm. start niching down. So when I started, yeah. So when I started, I was doing general admin tasks. So just kind of like checking things off of a checklist for one of my clients. Um, so, and that was a videography photography business. So I would be like creating Google drive, sending emails, um, just things like that. It was just those general admin tasks. And then another client of mine, I was doing customer service for, And, um, that was just kind of replying to any questions in emails, replying to Facebook messages, um, and things like that. And those are my two main clients at first. Um, and right then I was making more than I was teaching just with those two clients. Mm -hmm. Um, and how I got, yeah, which was just like crazy. And it just is it's wild to me how much you can make in virtual assistance. And my husband's yeah. like, yeah, welcome to owning your own business. Like this is, <laughs> this is your yeah. capabilities. And mm-hmm. you just never realize that when you're a teacher, cause you're so used to making so little money. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I yeah, got and, my, okay. So you were making more with those two clients yep. than you were teaching. How mm-hmm. many hours were you putting in at that time? I was probably putting in, I would say, 15 hours a week compared and to I how would, much were you putting in when you're teaching? Teaching is not a 40 hour a week job. Teaching is so much more than that. Like, and yeah. I always say too, I worked every single Sunday for mm-hmm. six years for free, you know, like, and I had someone comment on my TikTok actually and was like, you would never come across like a server, for example, that would just be like, oh yeah, I'll work this whole day for free. Like just because it's for the Mm -hmm. customers, you know, but I worked every Sunday. I worked before school, during my planning, after school, like all these hours completely free. Um, and I was making like so little money. And so it Mm -hmm. just was like, it clicked to me. It's like, you can make so much money just by offering, you know, your value to someone, offering your time to someone, like this is what businesses need. And yeah. they'll, they're willing to pay big money for someone to step in that knows what they're doing and help their business out. And that's exactly what virtual assistance is. And it's like beyond what I could have ever imagined for myself because I'm just not used to making money and working not, it's not like as lit. I don't work a small amount of hours, but way less than what I did teaching. So it's definitely a new world to me. Yeah. So you mentioned a couple of the clients that you had, what other types of clients do you work with that, you know, someone might be interested in? Yeah. So, okay. So those are my first two clients was a drop shipping business and then, um, and then a videography photography business. And to answer your question, I got, I got the, a lot of my clients come from word of mouth. So my husband knows those photography and videography businesses because that's what he does. Um, and then after that, I worked for, I did virtual assistance for, um, a teacher clothing subscription company, which I thought was really cool (laughs) at first. Yeah, no, it was, I mean, it was cool to like still kind of connect with teachers in a sense. Mm -hmm. Um, and then after that, 
and I just made an email about this. I started working for companies that like I've worked with in the past. So for example, a cafe that I used to work at every summer when I wasn't teaching, he, the owner of it reached out to me and was like, Hey, I actually need someone to do the social media. You know, I already knew the business. I worked there every summer. I knew all the Mm -hmm. employees. I knew him. It was such a perfect opportunity for me to kind of step in and just, just right there. It's like, that's just a prior connection that I've already had. And now I'm able to use that prior connection and I've gained like a really, really good high end client from that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really smart. Yeah, yeah. And then like other things, I, I'm i working for a nonprofit right now that I traveled with in 2016 when I went to Cambodia and they needed someone to help out with their social media. And that's my niche now is social media. So it's, you know, those prior connections that I've already had and word of mouth, I think that those go the longest ways out of anything like over TikTok, over Instagram, like Mm -hmm. the connections that you already have are what can like really build your company to the success that it could be. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So do you have any experience using those freelance platforms like Fiverr, Upwork, anything like that? Do you have any feedback on those platforms? So I, I tried to use some of those when I first started, but Mm -hmm. I realized that I would rather work with people that one, I either know or two, that I've like have some type, some type of connection with through, um, TikTok or Instagram, like how they can discover me. Cause I feel like when people are able to either discover me or be like, Oh yeah, I already know Rachel. They know my work ethic already. They know who I am. They know my personality and what I can bring to the table. So I think those, Fiverr and Upwork that can work for a lot of people, mm-hmm. but I like the connection portion of, you know, when people see me and like know who I am already and then decide to hire me on. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. I think there's probably also, you know, finances. This is a business you're out here to make money at the same time. And I feel like yeah. if you have two different listings, like I've been on Fiverr, Upwork and I haven't looked for virtual assistants, but I've looked for other services, but you're yeah. there comparing prices. And so it's kind of like, oh, well, I'll just pick this person because they're a little bit cheaper. Yeah. So you also, if you're not using those platforms, you get to set your own rates. You can be a little bit more exactly. competitive and also like get paid what you deserve based on your actual skills. Right. You know? And so. I see a lot of people on those websites too, that are like a lot of people from the Philippines specifically mm. that, you know, that you're competing against and they're charging $5 an hour. And so, you know, and when people are looking for that, it's just like, it, they're going to be looking for like a cheaper option. And it's like, that's, that's not the value I bring to the table. And so I'm not, mm-hmm. I don't really want to compete against that. You know, yeah. someone, when they see me, they'll know my value when they know like the person that I am and, mm-hmm. you know, the experience that I have. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. So you kind of just touched on it a little bit, but how can new VAs stand out from the competition and communicate the value that they're providing for clients? Yeah. I think I want to start with like, I don't think that everyone can be a virtual assistant and that's Mm -hmm. a hard pill to swallow. And especially me, you know, promoting a course, you know, you're not going to hear a lot of people say that, but I don't think that everyone can be a virtual assistant. And I laugh about it because my, my auntie who's like almost 70 is like, I'm about to retire. Like, I think that I could (laughs) do this. And I'm like, 
I don't know, Auntie. Like, I don't know if this is like up your alley. <laughs> because I think that I think being a virtual assistant, you have to have um, you have to have like some type of experience with technology. You have to be very up to date with what's happening now. Um, mm-hmm. It's not just social media, you know, even if you're building like a newsletter each week, or even if you're doing general admin tasks, like you have to be very up to date with the things that are happening on social media and technology, everything. When it comes to like promoting yourself and doing, the, you know, just being on social media, being on Instagram, TikTok, a lot of people are really scared to show their face and like show their mm-hmm. personality. And I, that's when I always like kind of go back to the connections that you already have are going to go a super long way. So I think one of the most powerful things that you can do when you get started is asking your friends and family to share your posts that you make about your launch. Um, and don't be afraid of asking them. Like I, I'll text some of my best friends and just be like, Hey, can you, can you share this for me? Some of them are uncomfortable with it, you know, cause they like their page looking a certain way. Mm. Most of them are like, of course, absolutely. So if I only knew like three business owners to start off with and each of them knew, you know, five to 10, that's grown exponentially. Like that right. is a yeah. huge difference of people that you're able to reach. And right there, you know, you're already, you're already being seen by different business owners that you probably wouldn't have reached out to beforehand. So I think just the power of connection is super important. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that makes sense. And there's also a limit to how many clients you can have because there's still only so much time in the day and you're not trying to work all the time. (laughs) That's why you love teaching. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. How many clients do you have? Or I guess how many hours are you spending each week currently? Yeah. So I actually learned that the hard way. Um, (laughs) because when I took on virtual assistants full time, I had five clients, which it depends, like you can have five clients, but they don't need so much out of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had five clients and probably four of them needed a lot out of me, but I loved it. I loved like the idea of it. Cause I was making like over 10,000 a month. And so I'm like, mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, this is perfect. It was way too much for someone that had just started. Um, and, but with, uh, I started to realize my boundaries. And I think that that's super important when it comes to taking on clients. Like for example, one of my clients needed me every single day. Like they needed me to be available every day. They needed last minute posts. And I, that wasn't how I was working. Cause I would like to split up. Okay. Tuesday I'm working on this client Wednesday. I'm working on this client, but okay. me being new, I didn't set that boundary starting off. So I was working so much like, and that's when I was like, this is not why I left teaching. Like the money was nice, but I wanted to leave because I wanted my life back. And so I think when it comes to finding a balance, like just one, setting those boundaries in those interest calls of this is what my work, you know, this is what I'm going to be doing. This is how long I work. These are the days that I work. Um, And then two, just going very slowly when you do launch your business. Cause mm-hmm. I loved all the interest. It felt so good. And I took on as many clients as I could until I was like, Oh crap. I probably <laughs> bit off more than I can chew. So taking it slow and then setting boundaries is probably the most important thing. I would mm-hmm. say now I work probably 
25 hours a week and I'm still making triple what I did teaching. And I'm, you know, and it's way more than I could ever expect. And that's the perfect Mm -hmm. amount for me as I'm building my course. Um, You know, if I wanted to take on more, I could. If I wanted to take on less, I could. And I could still be super comfortable. Mm -hmm. That's the best part about virtual assistants is you can kind of pick and choose who you want to work with, how much you want to take on, all that. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you can kind of scale up and scale down as you need to. Yeah, yeah, And absolutely. you're working completely remotely, so yes. you can work from anywhere, which is nice. <laughs> I love it. I think it. I've seen some of your posts about how much you've been able to travel since yes. you quit teaching. Oh my gosh, yeah. it's been like, it's just been amazing um, just to be able to, like when I was teaching, if I wanted to take a weekend trip... I would be like, all right, we can take this weekend trip, but we have to get a flight back Sunday morning so I can work all day on Sunday. Hmm. And if I did not do that, my whole week was off. I was like moody. I was unorganized. Like I just did not feel good. Um, And so now being able to like travel, not have that stress, like Mm -hmm. just be like I was in Mexico working, you know, in the lobby as I'm like listening to music and like sipping on a margarita. And I'm just like, this is amazing. And I I love that part about it. I mean, I just spent a month and a half at home with my mom and just like those things I would not be able to do as Mm -hmm. a teacher. Like you just don't, you don't get those types of opportunities at all. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And what aspects, I guess, of your teaching career and experience have proven to be more valuable, you know, in this journey as a virtual assistant? I think the number one thing that I've taken from teaching into virtual assistants is creativity and being very creative with not just like how to design things or like how to make things look nice and pretty. Cause like we have to do that in teaching all the time. You have to make sure that things are appealing to students or they're just like not going to want to do it, but being creative <laughs> with like how to, um, be flexible with different students and now t- to different clients. Like I, one of my clients, um, you know, is a, like I said, a nonprofit. They're going to have a very, very different audience, a very different feed, a very different vibe than my client who is um, a skincare company and an esthetician. Mm-hmm. I have to be very creative and flexible with how I reach different people um, and how I can kind of adjust to different audiences. But more than that, you know, teachers are organized. They are problem solvers. They are go-getters. They are dedicated. And that's why I think so many teachers can make great virtual assistants is because all those skills that we already do every single day as a teacher, you can take Mm -hmm. that into virtual assistants so easily. These skills that a lot of people don't have, a lot of adults really don't have, but it's our, it's second nature to us. You can Mm -hmm. take that into virtual assistants and you can absolutely succeed just with those basic skills that we do all the time as teachers. Yeah. 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 I love that. Yeah. So I guess, is there like an easy action step that somebody can take if they're thinking about getting started as a virtual assistant? Like what would be the first step? So I think the first step to start your virtual assistant journey would probably be to clarify what you are good at, um, what you want to learn about and what you're just like very confident in when it comes to like the services. So just kind of figuring out what you want to offer, 
Like I said, I don't think that you should niche down right away. Like some people will be like, if you want to do social media, then just make that your niche. But when you're starting out with something, you don't know if that's what you want to do. Like I'm a great communicator. Like I know how to like effectively communicate with people. So I was like, oh, customer service, I'll be great at that. And I was, Mm -hmm. but I didn't enjoy it. So figuring out what you enjoy, what you're good at, and what you want to learn more about. And then after you start offering those services, then kind of niching down after you keep practicing with that. But Mm -hmm. I think, yeah, discovering your services, building an Instagram, and then, you know, just getting the word out there that this is what you're doing. Um, And then asking people to share about it. I think that just goes a really long way to really making sure that your business is out there and people know about it. Yeah. So you just mentioned build an Instagram. What type of content should someone be posting if they're interested in kind of attracting clients? I guess they would be doing, right? Yeah. I feel very strongly about this. (laughs) I think quality content is so important. So something I very highly recommend is getting professional pictures taken And I think that some people like roll their eyes at it. It's just so important because the quality that you put out there, I I see an Instagram for a virtual assistant as a portfolio. This is Mm. where people are probably going to discover you is on social media. So when you are putting out your work, you want to make sure it's quality. I don't necessarily believe that you have to post every single day. I think that once you have quality content, you have professional pictures, you're creating beautiful content in Canva and then putting it out there, that's what people are going to be attracted to when they see your page. Because I've come across some virtual assistant pages and it's like low quality selfies or, you know, (laughs) just not super pretty content. And it's clear that they're not getting the traffic that they want because like I said, that's their portfolio. That's what people see when they're going to their page. And when they see that, that potential client is going to be like, okay, if this is what they're putting on their own platform, what can they bring to my business? So Mm -hmm. putting out that that quality content, gosh, it is so, so, so important. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So maybe don't use your personal account with like your selfies and your dog photos and stuff. Yeah, (laughs) I know. Yeah, exactly. And I think that like you can still put like personable content on there because the greatest thing with social media is like making those connections and stuff. But yeah, I do think that there should be a separate personal and business account and like just really making your business account look aesthetically pleasing. Mm -hmm. My personal account looks nothing like my business account. And I, I mean, I have more of an audience I have, it's very organized on my business account than my personal one. And I'm very glad I did it that way because it just kind of separates the two and mm-hmm. allows me to post what I want on my personal, but also keep the vibe on my professional account. Right. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. I've definitely come across accounts where I'm like, uh, yeah, I don't yeah. trust you. <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. That's this content thing. that you're putting out is just like not the best. That so, is what yeah. it is. It's like someone trusting trusting you. And that literally comes from the content that you're putting out and how you're portraying yourself as a business owner and as a professional. Like you don't have to hide that, you know, you drink on the weekends or whatever, but you want to like, you want someone to look at your page and be like, oh, this looks really nice. Like if they can do that mm-hmm. for themselves, they can probably build something great for my business too. It's just, it's so yeah. important. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I know you just mentioned Canva. Are there other tools that you use and that you would consider are like the must-haves for a VA? Yeah, absolutely. Um, HoneyBook is my everything. Like I use HoneyBook for all of my clients. It's a great way to send contracts, invoices, keep all of your clients organized. You can communicate with them through there. I send weekly updates through there, um, like feedback questionnaires, everything I do through HoneyBook. I love HoneyBook. Um, something else that I use is ClickUp for my tasks. Um, I'm a lot of teachers are like me where we like uh, to check off of a list and that's yeah. a perfect way to like check things off every single week. Um, so I use ClickUp like all the time as well. I love ClickUp. Uh, I love I'm a project ClickUp. manager though. So that's like my thing. Yes. Yeah. And like I've used different things. Like I've used Asana as well and things like mm-hmm. that. But I think ClickUp, I just, I love it so much. Yeah. Um, so HoneyBook, ClickUp. I'm trying to think of some other ones as well. I use Canva. Just like little things that I use as well. Like I edit all pictures for my clients. I use Tezza for that um, to make sure that, you know, their social media and their feed is very, it fits their vibe and Mm -hmm. is aesthetically pleasing. Um, And then just other things in there. I use uh, Flowdesk as well. Love Flowdesk to send out pretty emails, making sure that those are also something that like portray my vibe and personality as well. Um, there's a lot of different platforms that I use that I just think are super necessary, but, um, everyone is, is different. Like my husband would never touch Squarespace with a six foot pole. Um, because he just, he's like very, very, like he does things very professionally, but I use Squarespace for my website. Um, and you know, it's a great starter for anyone that's like first getting into virtual assistance as well. So it definitely mm-hmm. depends on, you know, where you're at, where you're wanting to start off. But yeah, those are the basics that I would say of getting started. Yeah. Do you think people need a website in order to be successful when they're first getting started? I personally do because, um, I think it's, again, it just goes back to someone trusting you and like mm-hmm. that professional vibe. Um, I know a virtual assistant who is amazing. She is great, but she does not have a website and it bothers me because I, I refer <laughs> her all the time to people um, mm-hmm. because she, you know, she is just, she's a great virtual assistant, but she's actually been my virtual assistant before. Um, but, you know, people like to look at a website. They like to have like a feel of who you are. Some people are going to be more old fashioned too. And they don't want to look at an Instagram. They don't want to look at, you know, your TikTok page. They want to go to a website. I personally think having a website is very important to have before you Mm -hmm. launch. Yeah, I agree. I, I try to do as much research as possible when I'm looking for, you know, freelancers, video editors, VAs, like whoever I'm looking for, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to do a deep dive on their social media, yeah. their website, like everything. I want to learn all about them. And that is a place where you can showcase. I know it's a little different with VAs because you probably wouldn't list out your clients, but I know for some services you can showcase the portfolio that has some specific clients yeah. and say, oh, well, they've worked with other clients that are like me before in the past. So they'll, they'll right. probably be great, you know? Yeah. And like on my website, I have, um, like a contact form, a scheduling platform. So just things like that, just kind of having like a one-stop shop. So 
people don't have to, you know, click back and forth or DM you and try to like find different times to you know schedule mm-hmm. things. It's just cleaner. It's more professional. People are just more attracted to that. So I think if you want to stand out and appear more professional and trustworthy, I think a website is definitely going to be an yeah. important thing to have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So is there anything else related to becoming a virtual assistant that you wanted to mention? Oof. I, I overall just think that, like I said, I don't think virtual assistants is for everyone, but like my course is all about helping teachers transition out of teaching into virtual assistants. It's called Educators Exit. And I, I think that teachers already have those base skills that you need mm-hmm. as a virtual assistant. I truly think that I would say 95% of teachers could succeed in this. Um, and the great thing about virtual assistants is you don't have to make it your full-time job at first. I know plenty of people that do it on the side then they're like, oh my gosh, I can really, really find success in this. And then they start to phase out of that current career that they were trying to get out of in the first Mm -hmm. place. So if you want to become a virtual assistant, you can absolutely pick up some hours that you can do after your full-time job or on the weekends and see if you like it at first. And then, you know, after you have done it for a little bit, then you can kind of start growing into it. Um, and I think it's, a great business because you don't have to purchase anything. Like my husband's a business owner and needs his studio. He needs all of his equipment. He needs to hire employees, all of this. And there is so much money that he puts out. Like he has a lot of money coming in, but he also has to pay for a lot of things. Virtual assistants, like we have to pay for some subscriptions. That's it. Like Mm -hmm. it is a perfect way to be a business owner you know, just starting out. And now I'm, like I said, I'm building a course. Like that's a whole other business I'm doing. If you would have Mm -hmm. asked me even two years ago, if this is where I was going to be owning a business, I would have been like, absolutely no way, but (laughs) it's way easier than people ever would think. And, um, you know, like I said, because I was a teacher, I already had so many of those skills built Mm -hmm. into what is needed for virtual assistants. Yeah. 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 That's the beauty of online business the overhead, especially for specific ones, things like this, even like I talk about selling digital products, same thing, like your overhead is so low. So the majority of the income that you're making is straight up profit. It's it's just things (laughs) that you can put in your pocket. It is like the best thing ever. And my husband Mm -hmm. gets so jealous of me because he's like, (laughs) you don't even have to pay for anything. And I'm like, honey, you chose that. And I chose this. (laughs) Like, that is your thing. Like that's between you and God. But like, this is, I'm taking in this money. And it's like, that I think that that's just been such a blessing when it comes to, you know, just transitioning out of teaching is you don't really, you don't realize how little you actually make as a teacher until you start making more money. And you're like, how did I live off of? And I, like, yeah. I, I was making with a master's degree and I had five years of experience under my belt. I was making $2,500 a month. That is nothing. That's insane. That oh is gosh. nothing with a master's degree. Imagine. And now yeah. like one of my clients pays me, pays me that. Like, so if mm-hmm. I lost all of my clients and just had one, like I would still be making more than I was teaching. It's just, yeah. it's insane how much money you can make, you know, out in the real world. And you just don't mm-hmm. even realize it when you're a teacher. 
Yeah. Yeah. I wish teachers were paid more because they work so hard and they definitely deserve yeah. it. But yeah. at the same time, I'm like, yeah, just get out of there. <laughs> I know. So. And it's it's sad. Like I'm I'm genuinely scared for what education is gonna look like in a few years because I I just see so many teachers starting to realize like what they deserve. And I, I I always say I'm not encouraging every teacher to get out of education. I'm encouraging teachers that feel absolutely drained, that feel like their mental health is suffering. I'm encouraging those teachers that put in their 100% every day that have lost their identity to get out of teaching because it, it just it does not get better. Um, mm-hmm. Because for me, I put in 100% into everything I do. Most teachers do that. And when you are doing that constantly, but you're getting nothing back, it's just like, it just sucks the life out of you. So those are the people that I'm trying to reach of, hey, if you feel like you have done your purpose in teaching and now you're ready to move on to your next chapter, this is for you. Because that's how I feel. It's like when I look back, I feel like I've fulfilled my purpose as a teacher. I don't feel like I needed to put in any more time. I made a difference. I Mm -hmm. made an impact. I have so many amazing relationships with so many students. I did my purpose as a teacher Mm -hmm. and now I'm moving on to something else. And I feel very comfortable and confident in that. Yeah, that's awesome. And I commend you for like feeling that urge to leave and actually like taking action because a lot of people I think they do feel in any career they'll feel this pull like uh, I feel like I'm meant for more I feel like there's something else I want to do they might even know specifically like I feel like I'm supposed to be doing this yeah but they still won't do it they just cannot take that leap so yeah and it is scary and so yeah so shout out to you for just going for it and also to launch your own business without any business background like nothing you know (laughs) because that's another thing people love to make excuses oh I don't have a business degree I've never done this before and it's like yeah none of us have we're all just figuring it out we're all my thing that I just like kept going back to if it's like I'm young there is like so much life that I still have and Mm -hmm. if if it didn't work out like I knew I would be okay you know there is nothing that could happen that like would make life like even in my opinion nothing could have been worse than how I was feeling when I was teaching I felt so so low and it's not that I didn't love my students not that I didn't love you know teaching overall it's just like I'm if I don't make this choice now and like take this chance now when when am I gonna do it so yeah I'm so happy I did and like Mm -hmm. it's so rare that we come across people that are like yeah, I wish I didn't take that chance. You know, like how True. how often do you hear that? It's yeah. I most of the time people are so thankful that they took that opportunity and took that mm-hmm. chance. So, I'm I mean, I'm one of those. So, I'm super yeah. happy that that that's part of my story. Yeah. Well, just wait till you launch your course because that <laughs> passive income is going to be nice. So, I mean, I'm, I'm so excited for the passive income part and all that, but like, I, I just have so many teachers reaching out to me every single day. Like, how do you do it? And I'm, I'm just excited to see like their story become something that's just so similar to mine. And that's going to be the best feeling for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, That's awesome. Yeah. (laughs) Well, congratulations. Thank you. I appreciate it. Of course. So uh, one of the last questions I always ask my guests is what is the most important lesson 
you've learned when it comes to entrepreneurship that you wish mm. you had learned sooner? Oof, gosh, I think, I think the most important thing would probably be to just take it slow, <laughs> which I know like people, cause like I was talking about before, it's so exciting when you start something and especially mm-hmm. when you get a lot of interest, you just want to dive into it. Take it slow because you want to learn the steps first before you start, you know, taking on more things and feels so good when your business starts taking off and it's so exciting, but just let yourself learn that that's probably my most, my biggest advice, let yourself learn. Um, and then just know that like, as things go slow and you have things under your belt, then you can start to take more on, you'll feel more confident, you'll feel better about what you're taking on. And then, you know, all that money, clients, everything else will come flowing in, but yeah, take it, take it slow and feel okay if it's going slow, um, mm-hmm. because it will build up. Like you're, you're going to figure it out. You're going to let things happen. And then as time starts to go by, like you'll feel more confident and comfortable in what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Love that. That's great. <laughs> awesome. Well, do you want to go ahead and share where people can connect with you online? Yes. So, um, something that people can do right now, since I'm building my course, if they want, they could get my freebie for, if they're interested in a virtual assistance career. Um, but if they want to just connect with me, they can follow me on my TikTok account, which is at Gachel ribs, or they can follow me on my Instagram, which is Rachel Gibbs underscore VA. Um, and I, I always respond to people. I'm always, you know, reaching out to people as well. So, um, if people just have any questions or, you know, want anything clarified, they can definitely reach out to me through there. Perfect. Also, I have one other question because of your TikTok handle. (laughs) (laughs) The opposite. Did you do that because you were a teacher, like having the opposite name or, you know, do do students ever find you? (laughs) Oh my gosh. So my TikTok handle this was my Instagram or it is my like personal Instagram. So if people want to follow me on my personal Instagram, that's fine. I had this like years ago, then my students found it. And so then I was like, I was wondering, Oh my gosh. So then I like changed it to something different, but like, when I was in college and even in high school, people love the Gachel rims. Like they just like, I don't know. It just sounds so funny. So people just like loved it. So then, um, I ended up like changing it back, uh, after, after I think I was like pretty much just like done with caring about if my students found my Instagram because I was about to leave teaching. So I was (laughs) like, whatever. So I changed it back, but yeah, um, I had to flip flop after students discovered my Instagram, my Twitter, my TikTok, everything. And then I just was like, whatever, I don't even care anymore. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, teachers are real people too. (laughs) I could talk for hours about that one. Teachers know, are that's real. A, that's a whole other whole We are not subject. robots. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's so funny. Well, this was great. Thank you again. And I'll yeah. link to everything in the show notes too. Yes. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thanks for tuning in to the First Hustle Then Brunch podcast. If you enjoyed this episode or learned something new, I'd love if you subscribed and left us a review. Another way to support the podcast is to take a screenshot of this episode and share it on your Instagram story. Tag me at First Hustle Then Brunch so I can repost it. Thank you so much for supporting the show and I'll see you in the next episode.